0: You're listening to the weekly Parsha Dvar Torah, recorded with Hashem's help in Ramat Shemesh, Israel, 5768-2007. This week's Parsha is Parsha Shmos. We begin now a new book in the Torah. And Parsha Shmos begins a series of Parshios Shmos, Va'era, Bo, Bishalach Yisro, Mishpatim, that for the most part speak about the Geulah from its rhyme, the redemption from Egypt. I think that there's an introduction that's necessary at this point to the book of Shmos, It's something that's very fundamental to Yiddishkeit, very fundamental to our understanding of of all of these stories and their importance. And every single time that we read these stories, as the weeks go by, we need to keep some of these ideas in mind. There are numerous places and instances where we see how integral and essential the whole idea of the, the redemption from Egypt is. For example... We see it's so fundamental, it's something that we have to remember every single day. It's something we mention in the Hagada on Pesach. We say that Yetzirah Mitzrayim has to be mentioned every single day. We say it every single day in Shema, the third paragraph, we say, That I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt to be your God. We see elsewhere in Kiddush on Friday night, we say, Zecher litzias Mitzrayim. It's supposed to remind us about Yitzias Mitzrayim. All of the Moadim, the three festivals that we have during the year, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukos, each of them Pesach for sure, it's clear. It's to remind us about Yitzias Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt. We find that there's a mitzvah to put on, tefillin, the phylacteries, and inside of those boxes, so we have Parshas of Shema, and we have reminders again inside there about Yitzias Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt. It seems to be a very important and central theme, the the exodus from Egypt, and we need to understand why it's so important and fundamental. And with that understanding, we certainly will be able to take to heart better the messages that we see in each of these parshios. Another reason why we need to have a clear understanding of the exodus from Egypt in all of its facets and from every direction is because the exodus from Egypt was the paradigm of the way God redeems the people of Israel. And the reason that that specifically applies to us today is because, as we know, our sages tell us that we're standing right now in a time that's very near to the Mashiach, the Messiah, the final redemption of the people of Israel. So we can understand more about what's going to happen, God willing, in the near future if we understand the Geula, the redemption that occurred in those times and the sequence of events that brought about that redemption. We'll be able to understand and look for that type of sequence in our own times as well. Something that's certainly clear as we begin to try to evaluate and understand the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim of this Exodus is the fact that Yitzhak Mitzrayim or the slavery of Mitzrayim, the, the servitude that we underwent in Mitzrayim was a necessary prerequisite in order for us to receive the Torah and really for the Jewish people to become a brand new nation unto itself. For some reason there was something essential, fundamental about that experience that we had there that was necessary for us to become a nation. The question is what was so important and what was so fundamental there? So to begin understanding these fundamentals, let's turn now to our Parsha, Parsha Shmos, and ask a few questions about the Parsha itself. And God willing, we'll be able to start building the structure that we need to understand all these questions. Kalal Yisrael, the people of Israel, were, were enslaved in Egypt in very difficult, backbreaking slave labor And they were constantly being tortured and treated inhumanely by the Egyptians. Moshe Rabbeinu was an unusual person because even though he was a Jew, he grew up in the palace of the king and he had experienced only luxury and no difficult lifestyle. Nevertheless, when he came of age, he came to maturity, he went out to his people, he really felt for their difficult situation and he related to them very much. To the point where he killed an Egyptian when he saw that Egyptian hurting a Jew. At that point, as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu runs away from Egypt because he knows that otherwise he's going to be brought to justice for this murder. And he runs off to Midian where he meets his wife Zipporah and his father-in-law Yisro. During his extended stay in Midian, he spent much of the time shepherding the sheep of his father-in-law Yisro out in the wilderness, meditating and taking care of his flock. At that time, an unbelievable sight astounds him. He sees this bush and it's burning, it's on fire where is this bush? it's in a very important place, it's on Har Chorev, Har Sinai, that location where the people of Israel in the future would receive the Torah. And there God speaks to him and says go to Egypt, bring out the people of Israel out of Egypt to serve me right here on this mountain. An important point that needs understanding is why does Hashem appear to Moshe Rabbeinu in this thorn bush? Why does Hashem appear to him in a bush? Let Hashem appear to him in a tree, let Hashem appear to him in the sky, why does Hashem appear in this thorn bush? So Rashi tells us an important point, And that point is that the reason that Hashem appeared in this thorn bush of all places is to show I am with the people of Israel throughout their difficulty. The thorn bush is not a place that you'd like to find yourself because it's full of prickers and thorns and it would hurt a person if he was inside of it. And it's a very lowly bush straddling the ground. And that's where Hashem Placed his divine presence to speak to Moshe. And the message to Moshe was, and to the Jewish people, and to us to this day, was that when we have difficulty, Hashem is there inside of the difficulty along with us. And not only that, the Medrash says, but there was a greater message as well. And that was that even though the bush was burning, it was on fire, it was not consumed. And the reason that it was not consumed was because since God is inside of it, when God is with a person inside of a difficult situation, he will not get consumed. He won't be overcome by his difficult situation. What I would like to emphasize here is that we see that God lowered himself to a a very lowly bush. And the bush represented the place where the Jews were. The Jews were in a tremendously low and difficult state. That's where the Jews were. The bush represented the oppression, the difficulty, the servitude that the Jews were undergoing, and it also represented the fact that God was with them. God came down; His divine presence was found within that bush, and His divine presence was found with the Jewish people in their low and defiled state. Now, there's something else that's going on here that it's very easy to overlook, and that is where was this bush? This bush that represented the low state of Chalcedon the people of Israel, where was the bush? The bush was on Har Choriv. It was on the mountain that they would receive the Torah. Now, what was special about this mountain upon which the Jews would receive the Torah? The measure says that when God was ready to give the Torah, so each of the different mountains in the Sinai Desert, they all said, you should give the, the, the Torah on Me. Har Carmel said, give it on Me. Har Tavur said, give it on Me. Each one had a reason why you should give it on Him. However, Har Sinai was a very small and seemingly unimportant mountain and God said, I'm going to specifically give the Torah on this mountain. I specifically want to give it on a, in a place that's humble. So again we see that even Harsina itself represented lowliness. So you had a bush, a very low bush, on a very low mountain. And that was where God appeared to Moshe and said, I am with the people of Israel in their low, defiled, difficult state. Now, I'm going to ask you to hold on to that idea that the people of Israel were in a very low state and God appeared in a place that was very low. Hold on to that idea. And now we're going to explore a different point in the Parsha that will also hint and bring us in the direction that we need to go. The verse tells us, the Torah tells us, that after Moses, after Moshe Rabbeinu came to Paro and told him to let the Jews out of Egypt, Paro says, Who's this God that you're talking about? Never heard of him. Never heard of this God. Must be the Jews have gotten lazy. They don't want to do their work. They want to run out and serve some God. Let's make the work more difficult for them. They'll forget about any desires to go out and serve God. And that's what they do. The taskmasters are are instructed to make sure that the Jews, instead of building their towers and their buildings with bricks that are already made, so they have to now make their own bricks and then build the buildings. And they have to keep to the same quota of building and now the Jews, despite the fact that they were just told by Moshe Rabbeinu that God is about to save them, the Jews are sent tumbling down into a greater abyss, a greater difficulty. What is shot? What is the understanding? How do we understand? Moshe Rabbeinu himself says to God, Why did you send me? Why did you send me to make it worse for the Jews? What's the answer to the question? Because the question really is, if you're going to send me to redeem them, why does it have to become difficult all of a sudden, right away? Why does it have to go through that stage first before they can be properly redeemed? Now to answer all of these questions, we need to understand something fundamental about the Jewish people and its role in the world. What is the purpose of the Jewish people? Why did God create a Jewish people? The answer is that the Jewish people serve as a vehicle for the Divine Presence, for the Shekhinah. I am carefully using the word Shekhinah because the word Shekhinah, whenever you have the word Shekhinah, it expresses the fact that man is bringing God's presence into the world by his actions. Man is acting in a way that reveals the Divine Presence in the world. How does a nation, a people of Israel, or an individual as part of that people of Israel bring the Divine Presence into the world? The answer is by nullifying his own ego, by nullifying his own desires. Nullify your desire before his desire. That's how we bring Hashem down, the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, down into the world. As a very simple and clear example of this, if you would have two people that are fighting, and one of them says to the other one, you know what? I'm going to give in to you. Everyone will say, that guy is a mensch. That guy is a man. The difference between the mensh, the man, and the other person, is that when a person is mevatel his Ratson, he nullifies his own desire, he shows godliness. And that's what a man is. A real man is somebody who brings godliness into the world. The people of Israel are about to go out of Egypt to accept the Torah, to find out about God's will. In order for them to be able to achieve that, to be able to bring down God's will into the world... It was necessary for them to come to a place, to live in a place, to live an existence of nullification. That is what Egypt was. Egypt was the place where the people of Israel would lose their ego. God Himself attested to the fact that they had gotten to this state when God appeared to Moshe in this bush. The bush was a lowly place, it was on fire, it represented the state, the status of the people of Israel, the state of the people of Israel, where they were. They were in a low place, they had reached that place, it was part of God's plan because that's the only way that God can manifest His Shekhinah, His divine presence on the people of Israel, is when the people of Israel have descended to this state of lack of ego, complete and total lack of ego. That's why the Torah was given on Sinai. Har Sinai, this Mount Sinai, was a place that was low. It was a lack of ego. That's where God manifests His presence, when there's a lack of ego. That's why the Torah itself was given through a man named Moshe Rabbeinu, the ultimate person, the me called Adam, the most humble person who ever lived on the face of the earth. The Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, manifests where there's lack of ego that's why when the Jews as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu came all of a sudden Moshe says God's about to redeem you what happens the Jews there's a swell of pride there's a swell of anxiousness we're about to be redeemed at that moment right away power responds and says to them you people are just lazy now it's going to be even harder for you the Jewish people undergo an even greater difficulty because they need to stay in a state of absolute lack of ego It was this message that they had internalized so well to the point that when God was going around to all of the nations asking them, are you willing to take the Torah? Are you interested in the Torah? Each nation said, well tell me, what's in it for me? What's in the Torah? What does it say? And God would tell them what it says and they would say, not for me, not interested. When God came to the people of Israel, their response was, we will do and we will listen. It did not cross their minds to ask what's inside of it because they had learned the lesson that the only way to receive the Torah, the only way to be God's people is by totally nullifying one's own will before God's will. If God says it's good, it's good. And we're going to do it. Na and We're for sure going to do it. Now you can tell us what it's all about. They had internalized the lesson of lack of ego. This is the message of the exodus of Egypt. This is the message that we need to repeat every single day to ourselves. The only way to be a vehicle for the Divine Presence to bring spirituality into the world, and specifically into our lives, is by batel ritzayncha bifnei submitting ourselves completely to God's will. This whole concept is the foundation and the basis for the custom of the people of Israel to this day. Specifically during these weeks when we read about the exodus of the people of Israel from Egypt, to be machazik, to strengthen ourselves in the idea of tahara, purity, we relearn the halachos of nida, the laws of family purity, and we strengthen ourselves. If we're a man, we strengthen ourselves to not look at places we shouldn't look, not think things we shouldn't think, not see things we shouldn't see, whether it's on the internet, whether it's on the television. This is a time of strengthening our connection to God by being mevatel, by nullifying our desires before the desire of God. And that's the way that we bring spirituality into, this, into the world. That's the purpose of Kal Yisrael. That's why we spend this time strengthening ourselves in the idea of purity. And specifically through this tikkun, this rectification, this being careful when it comes to looking at things we shouldn't see and not thinking about things we shouldn't think and not saying things we shouldn't say, that brings down the Divine Presence, the Shekhinah, into the world by our self-control. That's what brings down God into the world. And the masters of Kabbalah teach us that the thing that holds back the redemption, the thing that's waiting, that God's waiting for, is for us to be metakein, to fix this idea of, of being pure, of keeping our minds and our eyes and our hearts pure of things that are immoral and incorrect. And by being careful, specifically in this area, it brings down the Shekhinah into the world. And the ultimate time when the Shekhinah will be manifest is when Mashiach comes. That's what we're waiting for. That's the ultimate tikkun, the ultimate rectification for all of the worlds that will occur when the Shekhinah finally comes and rests again in Jerusalem. And we can help it. We can do it. We can reconnect to spirituality by trying our best to minimize our lusts and our desires. And in that way... God willing, we'll see you very soon. Mashiach Tzikenu, B'mehira Have a very good Shabbos. Thank you for listening.